Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Harden against Covington up top, working right, stumbling through to the rim, laid it off the window and in, and he got tripped up and a foul to boot. Griffin against McCullum, backing him in, turns, oh, muscles it right up and in, as Blake Griffin used his size and strength to go right through McCullum that time. Johnson, baseline, turnaround, good for Tyler Johnson, off the 17th assist for James Harden. James Harden, 25 points and 17 assists as the Brooklyn Nets beat the Portland Trailblazers in Portland 116-112. to And of all the numbers in a box score, the one that jumped out at me was James Harden played 40 minutes. That is a lot of minutes. They're going back-to-back, coming in from Portland, late-night arrival, messes up your sleep, all that story we're all familiar with. So we'll see how the Brooklyn Nets do tonight against the Jazz and uh, how ready they are to play, how exhausted they are to play if they sit more guys. We know Kevin Durant is out. We know Kyrie Irving's not on the trip with Brooklyn because of a family matter. So two of their three stars are out, and their third star just played 40 minutes. Jazz play 11 of the next 14 games at home. Starts tonight with the Nets. The game's at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Our coverage will start with the pregame show at 7 o'clock. For the Jazz, who have a two-game lead in the conference race right now, two games in front of the Suns, this is the chance to pull away, to open up a little separation. Can you see the finish line now? Can you turn it on? you got 30 games to go to lock up the one seed and all the advantages, however big or small they are. They go with that. Of course, then you got to take advantage of them in the playoffs, capitalize on those advantages in the playoffs. But it's right there for the Jazz tonight against the Nets. They played the Nets once this year in Brooklyn. They lost. Kyrie Irving went wild. At that point, Durant was out, and and they had not traded for James Harden yet. But the one guy, Kyrie Irving, cut him up. And the Jazz lost that game, and then they lost uh, the next one to the Knicks, and they went 0-2 on that trip to New York earlier this year. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NBA. Right behind the free throw line is Nikola Jokic. Spins in the paint, little hook shot. That one is up. Oh, he gets it that deep. He's dangerous, isn't he? I mean, you can't really stop it. Now Lewis, alley-oop Zion! Flush it down, baby! Two hands! High hand off. Thunder! Bridges left wing for three. No, off the back iron. Eight in the offensive board. He'll put it up and in. A beautiful jumper from five feet after grabbing the offensive board over Precious Achua. I think I'm the best defender to ever play this game in NBA. 100%. That's my opinion. When I look at all the all the facets that make up the, the defensive side of the ball, I think I am I think I'm great in every facet that makes up that side of the ball. And so I think I'm the best defender to ever play in the NBA. And I stand by that. I'll put myself up against anyone. There's Draymond Green. He believes he's the defensive GOAT. And then you hear the highlights from around the NBA, the games that matter to Jazz fans. The Lakers, without their two stars, are really struggling. They've lost three in a row. The Pelicans beat them 128-111. to Brandon Ingram went for 36. He did whatever he wanted, and the Lakers lose again. They are now four games behind the Jazz, and 
Now the debate, talking to a Laker fan last night, how far will they fall? Will they stay in the top six? Are they going to end up in the play-in game? How long is LeBron out for? Four, five, six weeks? That'll probably help determine the answer to all those questions. My turn? If you want, jump in. <laughs> well, Draymond Green, he just can't stand to not have attention on him, man. He's got to figure out one way or another to have it directed towards him. Either he's being uh, abused or disrespected or this or that. And I give him credit, man, because he has carved himself out a, a nice career. And he's a, he's a decent player. I don't know that he's the best. Uh, but I was thinking about the Lakers. And, like, two games last night both sucked. I was And the women's games weren't any good. I was searching for anything to find some type of competition, and I couldn't find it. You know, Stanford just beats crap out of everybody in the, with the ladies. And who they beat? Oklahoma State, I think, something like that. Uh, I don't even remember. But both the Laker game with the Pelicans and then the Warrior game with the Sixers, neither of them were competitive. And I was wondering, you know, the Lakers, now I'm starting to get nervous that, you know, they'll fall to the Jazz in the first round or, or the second <laughs> round or something. Yes. Because if they've got all their players, which is the two stars at the top, they're really, really good. And I was thinking, how bad are the Lakers? I mean, they really suck without those two guys. And I look at the Jazz, and if you took Gobert and Mitchell out of it, I don't think they'd be near as bad. So I would like to see a playoff. Let's have a deal where you sit out your two guys and we'll sit out our two guys. Let's see what happens. I like the Jazz chances there. <laughs> Those four guys immediately vote against that. Hey, hey. Yeah, but Jazz, games. if I'm a Jazz fan, I'd vote for it. Yeah, you're right. I see where you're going. Yeah, they're a top-heavy team. A top-heavy wins in the NBA until you don't have the top of the team, and then it's a huge problem. It's amazing how bad they are. Without those guys. And that, and then Ingram is playing against his former team, so he's going to go off. You know, we've seen that. That's a million times over. They traded him, and I'm sure he would rather be in La La Land and all that stuff, and they would have preferred, he would have preferred they traded Kuzma or whatnot, so he could have been part of it. But obviously he's a better player, so he's included in the deal. That's to be expected. But, boy, the Lakers, they're just a bad team right now. It just it, it, it helps you, at least for me anyway, appreciate just how good LeBron is because I also think that if Anthony Davis was playing and just LeBron was out like it was Anthony Davis out and just LeBron was playing, they weren't that bad. by They weren't even close to this bad. Well, my guess, and we haven't seen it, but so it's just my guess, is that if they had Anthony Davis without LeBron, they wouldn't be as good as LeBron without Anthony Davis. I would assume you're right about that. But like you said, we haven't seen it over a protracted stretch, so it's hard to know. And I think LeBron had only missed, uh, was it one or two games before he got hurt? I mean, he, he likes to play every night. Oh, I think he took the last game off before, before the, the break. break. Yeah, he didn't yeah. go to Sacramento. You're right. Yeah. So if you look at the standings right now, the Lakers and Clippers are tied for third. But they're also only two games in the loss column in front of the Blazers and Spurs, who are 6-7. and seven. Three in front of the Mavericks. So if you put together a protracted losing streak here, you know you have, you have two more bad weeks. How far do you fall? Lakers in the play-in games because they're down in the 7th or 8th spot? Now, LeBron comes back. He's rested at that point because he hasn't played in a month or six weeks or whatever it turns out to be. Uh, you got to figure they'll go hard at the end of the year and there'll be wins to be had there and and they'll move back up a little bit, but I mean the Lakers are basically going to yo-yo in the standings here. How far are they going to fall, and how how much are they going to bounce back when they get their guys healthy? Assuming they get their guys healthy. 
I don't think that LeBron needs rest, really. I mean, obviously it can help, but I don't think that he needs it. I mean, I just think that he's just so unbelievable. That he can Mitchell just was talking through. about Gobert, or who was uh, Mitchell was talking about Gobert being an animal. Mm-hmm. Well, then, <laughs> right? <laughs> he, uh, LeBron is just this ultimate mythical creature. I, I, I really think he's a foreign player. He should be included in a foreign player. I don't think he's of this earth. He's that good. Uh, other scores that matter to Jazz fans: the Suns are second in the West. They're two games behind the Jazz. They beat the Miami Heat one ten to one hundred. DeAndre Ayton seventeen points, sixteen boards. Chris Paul directing things, not really scoring much himself. And the Suns get the ten point win, and so they now have a chance to really lock onto the two seed and focus on making a run at the top spot. They're two games clear of the Clippers and Lakers now. Yeah, they're starting a four-game road trip, and they started off, obviously, on a, a good note by they had a decent lead. I would have preferred to watch that game along with the uh, Blazers and Nets, but neither of those games were available, and I don't have the NBA package, so I couldn't. Uh, but the Suns, yeah, they continue to roll on, and DeAndre Ayton, he's like a rich man's Greg Ostertag. <laughs> Comes up with some good games, not every now and then, but at the same time, you know, listening to guys down in Phoenix talk about the Suns and all, uh, the rebounding they think that he can do all the time, the offensive uh, numbers, a lot of it is not uh, up to him because they don't really run anything for him. You know, it's Chris Paul and obviously Booker and, and the wings that they've got. It seems like Sorich, who plays backup, gets more opportunities offensively. They're not asking Aiton to do a whole lot offensively at this point. Well, when you get 17 and 16 out of him and you already got a pretty good team, then uh, I like that rich man's Greg Oster tag as opposed to he's a poor man's Michael Jordan or something like that. Yeah. Suns are going back-to-back on that road trip tonight. They, uh, they won in Miami last night. They will play the Magic in Orlando tonight. So we'll see how they handle back-to-back. Uh, the other games, you mentioned the Warriors got, uh, got beat by the Sixers, 108-98. to Tobias Harris went for 25-13 and in that game. Steph Curry was out, and he's going to miss at least another week as he continues to recover from a bruised tailbone. Uh, he had an MRI. It showed inflammation, so they're going to keep him out for at least four more games. Uh, the Warriors continue to kind of bounce around 500. they They're right at 500 right now, 22-22, and 22, ninth in the West. Uh, Orlando Magic forward Aaron Gordon acknowledged Tuesday he asked the organization for a trade. He's hoping to move in advance of Thursday's trade deadline. says, there's been times where I just expressed my frustration to management, frustration with the losses, the injuries, the way we've been playing, how many losses have accumulated over the years. So just my frustration kind of boiling over, I'd say. I think a lot of people share that sentiment with me of frustration. The Magic are next to last in the East. Again, it seems like they have been really bad. We make fun of the Charlotte Hornets, but... I think even the Hornets have had a little more success than the Magic. And uh, Gordon was a, was a big deal come out of Arizona. He was uh, supposed to go top four and then slipped. And, uh, or no, I guess with him and Dante Axum, they flipped spots in the, in the draft, and he went to Orlando. It was a bit of a surprise, I guess, was the fourth pick. I think that's how it worked out. But it's never really panned out. You think he can make a contender a lot better? Or is no. he just a guy getting stats on a bad team? He's a decent player. Yeah, uh, he can ma- he can make your team better, but you said a lot better. So Orlando could be moving Aaron Gordon before the deadline. The Houston Rockets are thinking about trading Victor Oladipo. They've engaged with multiple teams on a potential deal ahead of tomorrow's trade deadline. So they're looking for a couple guys and where they might go and who they might bolster. Keep your eye on those guys and let's see what happens. 
And the Miami Heat announced plans Tuesday to open two sections in the Laurel Bowl only for fully vaccinated fans, starting with the April 1 game against the Warriors. Masks will still be required, even for the vaccinated fans. Social distancing rules will be slightly relaxed in those areas. Heat are the first team to reveal such a plan. Other clubs believe to be working on similar measures. I guess for the vaccinated fans, it would give them some level of uh, confidence. I'm around other vaccinated people, right? People who might otherwise be thinking, I don't know if I want to go in a game and be in a crowd or not, and then think, ah, I'm vaccinated, they're vaccinated, I'll go. I guess that'd be the mindset. <laughs> you lost me on that. <laughs> vaccinated people don't want to be around people who didn't get the vaccine. They want to be around other vaccinated people. I think oh, the Heat okay. are trying to appeal to them. All right. By putting them in, here, here's a couple sections. I think they're trying to make money. Myself. Yeah, they are, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they agreed. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. We have a good chance of beating them. I think we match up pretty well with them. They have a really good point guard. He'll probably be in the top eight of the draft. Just a total jet, just really fast. And, you know, she gets the basket, creates a lot of problems. We're just going to have to do a good job with that. But we've kind of played a couple of people like that over the years. So hopefully my team can, can adjust to that. That's Jeff Judkins. He joined us on the show yesterday. We replayed that interview for you in the 6 a.m. hour this morning. He's got the BYU women's basketball team in the second round of the NCAA tournament. They're playing third-seeded Arizona, the team PK loves to hate. Tonight, (laughs) 5 o'clock on ESPNU. Juddy clearly had had that conversation with you about 50 times when you threw that out, Juddy. And of all the teams in the tournament, I want to see lose. Arizona, make it happen. That didn't didn't ruffle him at all. He knew. The Arizona University of Arizona women. There's not a group of people I hate more. Okay. <laughs> sure there is. The Arizona football team. <laughs> okay, a group of 70 ladies. to 7. Wear it. No, Wear 70 it. to 7. I actually love you. <laughs> <laughs> that's your favorite Arizona football team. Yeah, that's my favorite of all time for sure. The bigger I mean, meeting you absorb, the more I like you. That's so typical that uh, you'd have the most bizarre game in the history of the rivalry in the most bizarre season in the history of the rivalry in the history of uh, college football. So, I, obviously, I want Judd to win. He's one of these guys that, you know, you get on in the business and and uh, you end up rooting for. He, he was an assistant at Utah when I first got here in 93 and got to know him at that point. And so I don't care who they play. They could play the Sun Devil women, for that matter, and I would most likely root for him to win because I don't know anybody on the Sun Devil women team. So it's all about it. At this stage, for me, at my point, it's all about relationships that I have with people. And uh, well, I, and I had some conversations yesterday. This is not on the thing here, but I think it's important. Uh, spoken to some alumni. It's a real strong foundation and push for Alex Jensen. Uh, they really want him to get the job, but at the same time, they will respect him if he decides that he needs to be in the NBA and pursue that goal of getting a head coaching job. But at least into some of the alumni that I spoke to yesterday and just sort of uh, you know doing some background work on this thing, he has a lot of support. And you can see why, because he played here, he's a local kid. Yeah, he's you know, obviously a grown man now, but uh, he was he's well-liked. He'd be beloved, really, by so many of the ex-players that uh, I think that if you took a poll, and I spoke to a few yesterday, you would find that he is the overwhelming choice. Uh, I don't know if he's going to take it, because uh, I still speak to some alumni who say, eh, I just don't think that's what he's into right now. I think that he wants to be 
the NBA head coach wants to go that route. I have not spoken to Alex uh, in a good while, so I don't know what he's thinking there. I just know people around that he speaks to, so we'll see what happens there. When they got together for the 100th anniversary and all the guys, the 100th anniversary of Utah basketball, and all the guys from that era uh, were back, the first from thing... hundred years? The first, from his era, the glory oh. days of the 90s. <laughs> yes. They came from the great beyond, the great basketball court in the sky. Well, he said 100 years, that era. His era being that era, the guys okay. who played in the 90s, who all knew him, the first thing they did was not catch up with each other. There's a whole circle of them talking loudly that everyone could hear about Alex coaching with Majerus and how could he subject himself to that a decade after he escaped it. He must want to coach really bad and it was admiration, it was wonder, it was laughter because they started going into Majerus stories, but it's also clear the bond all those guys have with him. That, uh, that respect you speak of was clear and obvious. Yeah, no question. And also, man, I'm furious at you. I think you need to make a stand now. I've made a stand. I think you need to make a stand. My good friend, Ken Pomeroy, your station is cheating him out of all the work that oh, he does. Oh, CBS and TNT have been ripping him off. Why don't they hire him and put him on the air? Get that stuff firsthand. We've had him on the air. He's good. I mean, he's not the kind of guy you can let in the door just because he's standing there. But once you get him on the air, he's good. I'm furious at you, and you, your station to to reach out to. doesn't give him credit. There's a reason why I, I'm never going to be on Channel 2 again, and that's the very reason. No, it's not the Because reason. you're not giving him credit. Your station, if you had any ethics, you would step aside too until they give him credit. I I've ed- done it. I think you should do it. It's not really how it worked, but nice of you to play it that way. <laughs> PK wants your number, and I don't know why, but pick up your phone. Oh, yeah, some dude called me the other day. Uh, uh, Patrick Kinahan. Yeah, I'm going to return that call. <laughs> Kinahan. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. I'll, I'll get right on that, uh, ma'am. Yeah, I learned the name. Jeez, show me some kind of respect. Give me a break. NCAA President Mark Emmert has informed a group of basketball players who started the hashtag NotNCAProperty social media campaign to protest inequities in college sports. He'll meet him with him after March Madness concludes. Well, Cal's kind of out of the barn at that point, but sure. Thanks, Mark. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. With my understanding that, you know, he's the guy, and, you know, that doesn't scare me away at all. You know, I've seen Sam do great things, and, you know, I have all the belief in him, and, you know, whichever direction they decide to go, it's it's, it's on me to, to make sure that I'm ready, ready to catch from whoever. He's definitely a guy that I, I look forward to working with. You know, he's a, he's a great leader. You know, I've heard a few things from, a, you know, just talking to guys on the team. And, you know, I'm looking forward to playing with him. He's a competitor. And, you know, obviously we can both learn from each other and we can grow together. So I'm looking forward to it. That's Jets wide receiver Corey Davis as he believes Sam Darnold will be his quarterback. Of course, a lot of people are thinking Zach Wilson is going to go to the Jets and how quickly will he play? Will the Jets move Darnold? But Davis thinks they're going to go the other way. Darnold will be there. Of course, if okay. Darnold falters, then six games in. You know, how long did it take Tua Tagovailoa? He started on the bench, and six games in. Oh, so you still him. think they draft Zach Wilson, even if they intend to have Sam Darnold the starting quarterback? 
Sure, yeah, why that, not? That, that's a, well, because that's a completely different situation. You had Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's 37, 38 years of age, and so it was only a matter of time here. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, why not? I mean, I could list you 5,000 reasons why not. Uh, completely different. Here you have two young kids, basically, because uh, I think Darnold only played two years because he had a red shirt and made himself uh, eligible that way. So you could see the Miami situation, that it was inevitable that Tunga Bailoa was going to get his chance because of the old, just the age of Fitzpatrick here. The Jets have so many needs. Do you blow a high pick? Um, either way, you're blowing a high pick. You're yep. either blowing the high pick this year or you're blowing the high pick from a couple years back. Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson's lawyer Rusty Harden said in a statement that his law firm has strong evidence showing that one of the lawsuits alleging sexual assault is false and that it calls into question the legitimacy of the other cases as well. Harden added that he believes any allegation that Deshaun forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. Watson has 16 suits filed against him. Talked to a friend of mine in L.A. who does celebrity lawyer divorce work. And you were busy talking to the friends yesterday. I was, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and he uh, and he said, I don't know about the cases, you know, what he may have done or, you know, what the ladies claim. He says, but as a lawyer, this guy is way out in front of this case in the media, way out in front of the case, and it makes him doubt the lawyer. So, for what it's worth, someone in the profession. You got lawyer friends, run it by them, PK, see what they think. I'll take a pass on that. Washington football team president Jason Wright said that the WFT name may become their permanent name as they undergo a rebranding, but the team is still seeking fan input on the matter. You got a chance, PK. Make it happen. Go make your case. Well, they should just be the pigskins so they could be the, the skins. If not, then go Washington team football because then it's WTF. And we all want to say that watching them play football anyway. Yeah, so I, I'm giving you two choices here. Call yourself the Pigskins, which completely makes total sense to me, or change it to Washington Team Football, and then it's WTF. Either way. Yeah, those are my two choices. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Oregon State University president... F. King Alexander has resigned amid backlash related to his role in the sexual misconduct saga at LSU that involved Les Miles, where he previously served as president during the period when Miles was being investigated. And former AD Joe Oliva recommended that Miles be fired. So Oregon State's going to get a new president over this as the scandal follows him across the country. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Fernando Tatis Jr., Padres star shortstop, left the spring training game due to comfort, discomfort in his left non-throwing shoulder. He'll be reevaluated today, according to the franchise. It's been a problem with him on and off for a while, and apparently, PK, he re-aggravated it a couple weeks ago, sliding into home plate. Head first slide into home plate in exhibition games. Please stop that. Stop it. So he went into the hole, and... Threw the ball to first and grabbed the off shoulder, the non-throwing shoulder. Non-throwing, so that's good, but a recurring, not a reoccurring, but a recurring problem, so that's bad. 
And then they uh, flashed his record, the Padres' record, when he's in the lineup and when he's not in the lineup. That's a guy having a big impact on winning and losing. Well, you would think, yeah. Yeah, like 17 games, uh, or 11 games over 500 when he plays, 17 under when he sits. So his war is very high? Yeah, his difference, uh, the difference in having him in the lineup is like being the 10th best team in baseball over that span or the 17th, or excuse me, 27th best team in baseball. Yes, ESPN had those numbers, and that's a big difference. Sure, yeah, big, huge. But it's his non-throwing shoulder, so at least there's that. But uh, maybe he could stop with the stop with the head first slides into any base. DH the rest of the spring to get at bats, I guess, and because we're down to what ten days. We're getting there, the first of the month, right? I think we're eight days. Eight days. Yeah, that what it is. Today's the twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Yeah. What is trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up today, we're going to talk with uh, the Utes. they got Utah football availability at 8 o'clock. Assistant coach Sharif Shah, former Ute player, now the assistant coach, will talk at 8 o'clock to Travis Broughton, also among the players expected to speak. 9 o'clock, Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst, former BYU and Utah hoop staffer. We'll talk Sweet 16 and Utah jazz with him with the jazz playing the Nets tonight. You'll hear Tim 7 o'clock on the pregame show with Jake Scott tonight, and then the game will tip off at 8 for ESPN. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The question of the day, all about Joe Ingles, next. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Toast brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Signer Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Question of the day. Joe Ingles, what is going on? What is the deal with Joe Ingles right now? He is playing really well. And PK, you posted a question and you're dealing with a little backlash now. You got people coming at you, which I know is really new for you. You've never never (laughs) dealt with that before. You're just being scolded, though. This is different. This is people talking to you like you're your grandmother and you're wrecking the Sunday dinner for all 40 people who've gathered in the house that's been in the family in Jersey for 100 years. How could you? Man, you're really setting it up nice. Tony, of all people, PK, you should know that you don't talk about the no-hitter while it's in progress. If Joe starts to suck, this is on you. I don't buy it for a second. I stand by your side, PK. Enough with this jinx nonsense. Joe starts to suck while well, he missed some shots. Is that sucking? It's funny how we just boil it down. As much as we try to make the game in- intricate, we boil it down to the ball that goes in the basket for so many of the guys. Now, Gobert obviously is an exception. Uh, and you have some other exceptions, too. I think, I think people Stockton recognize will... Royce O'Neal now. 
Okay, he's there okay, to yeah, he's there to I'll match up. There, yeah. There's just I can't say it's every night, but there are too many nights where he takes the best, the the biggest threat on the other team, and he guards that guy. And sometimes that guy is six two, and sometimes that guy is six ten, and it's still Royce. Go get him, and he's also supposed to defensive rebound. You know, Gobert is the first priority to get the board, but if it's not him, then it's Royce. And I think fans are kind of locked into that. Yeah, but at the same time, if he misses a crucial shot in the closing minutes, yep. Yep. he's going to hear about it. So, But I agree with you largely of what you're saying, and there are players like that. Obviously, Rodman uh, would have been in that case. And I think that the traditional, which are not that many of point guards these days, there's just not that many of them, the, the Stockton pass-first guy. I think Chris Paul, you just said it in the prior segment we just mm-hmm. had. He didn't score because nope. his role is not really to score. So people aren't going to crack on him as much if he's not scoring. But so much of it is judged by do the ball go in the basket. And Ingles, the three-point shooting, I mean, I'm not watching every game for sure by any stretch, but I'm watching every game of the Jazz. And the shooting is just, it's unconscious now. I, I, it's, I don't know that I've ever seen it like this. Ever, by anybody. Uh, the other night when he was 5 of 6, and some of the shots were open and really in rhythm, and, and at that point I think a lot of fans have a lot of confidence that the ball is going in. But a couple of them, they were pretty well contested. It didn't bother Joe. He was in rhythm, he was locked in, and he just rose up and drained it. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's just amazing. It's fun to see. I mean, we like Joe, obviously. We developed a relationship with him. We're seven years into this thing. It's incredible. And so we're certainly going to root for him. But he roots for him. I don't know that there's been a more popular jazz player ever to play in this community with all the things that he has done and, and his uh, outgoing nature, his willingness to engage with fans. If you've seen him before games when fans are out there or, or whatever it might be. And he comes off, ironically enough, no pun intended, as a regular Joe and he talks about that, and then with the autism and the connection there and the family, he loves to talk about Renee and the kids, and people can identify with that. The identification factor between this man and the fans uh, is just incredible. The Joe Ingles story is just amazing. I mean, it, we've said this a thousand times, and now he's, he's ratcheted up. He is an integral part of a, the best team record-wise in the league. I mean, that is just amazing, man. You talk about Kevin Garnett with the anything is possible. Yeah, when you're seven feet tall and you have the skill like he has, anything is possible. And so, you know, one millionth of 1% get to fall in that category. And Joe's tall, too. I mean, six seven obviously, is not super tall NBA-wise, but man on the street-wise it is. Uh, but to see where he was and where he's become and where he is now, it – he ought to be giving Clarkson a run for his money for the sixth man award. He certainly is right now, and they don't have a thing for this, but if they had a seventh man, he should win <laughs> going away. This, the seventh man of the year. Are you the second best guy on your team coming off the bench? If so, apply now. Go to seventhmanoftheyear.com. <laughs> Role player of the year. <laughs> well, think about it, man. The seventh man of the year. Well, right? they don't. They this do, guy's incredible. They do both provide the thing you talk about, which is the ball goes in the hoop, and they come off the bench, and they score at an outrageous rate. And most teams don't have the depth. Those guys have to go in the starting lineup if they're going to play like that. 
So it gives them a leg up to be on a team that has the depth where they really need that on the in the second unit. So that when you know a star, when Donovan Mitchell sits down, whoever your star is, whenever your star sits down, whether it's Damian Lillard or Donovan Mitchell or LeBron or whoever, you got to have that scoring punch, and they do it. And the game now is so three heavy. I mean, the best teams shoot the three the best. Now you've got to do all that other stuff you talk about, all the basketball for dummy stuff, to get the best opportunity to shoot that three, because even Joe needs to hit some open threes and get locked in so he's going to hit those contested threes. And it's really impressive when he hits the contested threes. But if he gets fed a steady diet of contested threes, he's not going five or six for three in a game. He's not doing it. But you look at the the three-point field goal shooting percentage right now, and the teams that shoot at the best are all the teams at the top. Five of the top six in the West are five of the top eight in the league. Why are they the best teams in the best conference? Because they shoot the three really well. The Clippers are number one in the league right now. The team the Jazz play tonight, the Nets, are number two, and they're second in the East. And the Jazz are third, and the Bucks are fourth, and the Nuggets are fifth. These are all quality teams. The Lakers are the total outlier, and it goes to LeBron's greatness because LeBron just makes them that good. They are not a good three-point shooting team. They're, they're 22nd in the league. But they're the outlier. All the other best teams in the league are really good at shooting the three. And the Lakers... They have LeBron, and he makes everything okay. Yeah. Well, I think that if we're looking for reasons as to why, I think it's so overwhelmingly obvious as to why he is playing so well at 33. It's not like you should be big time on the down side of your career as an NBA player, but I don't know at 33, maybe it's been done, that you're having your best season it's not outrageous, so I can't really say it's uh, – you... look at him, man. We thought the best days were behind him because I think that can vary. As long as you stay injury-free, relatively speaking, there's no reason why you can't be playing great ball at 33. It's not that old, particularly with all the stuff that they have available to these guys today with yep. the training and the diets and travel and all this stuff. So it's not it's not that outrageous to see that happen. But I, I think that I really isolate one specific reason as to why he's playing so well. And that is? Well, I think it's clear now. He's achieved what he really wanted, although he'll never admit it. He finally, after all these years, can say, and I don't know that you can buy this, he's finally been able to say, I have an American-born child. Yeah, save that for when he visits. (laughs) <laughs> and really yeah, build it that, up. That is the really great relief. To be able to have a child who can run for president in the greatest land, <laughs> you can't buy that. And now he has one. AJ, American Jack. American Jack Ingles. Yeah. I mean, it's all set up. I mean, it's, he finally has something that he couldn't get until now. And it's just worked out beautifully. And now that he has an American-born child and he'll have that connection to the greatest land in the world forever, I think it's eased his burden. Well, he's now shooting 50%, right exactly on the money from the three-point line. He's always been a good three-point shooter, and it's improved. Uh, But he's never, not only has he never shot 50%, he's never shot 45 his career best is 44.1. So, he is having his best year. 
They didn't go home to Melbourne in the offseason. His kid was born here, so you've always got that to fall back on, PK. And you can ride him on that forever. Coincidence? Well, obviously not. If I'm the Jazz now, his value's never been higher. I think about jettisoning him. (laughs) You can't even say that with a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) Just think what you can get. Who doesn't need a 50% three-point shooter? Everybody. Everybody. In the case of Atlanta, (laughs) they need another one. He's one of two guys in the league shooting 50% from three. And and he's shooting in the mid sixties this month, but he and he's Tony Snell's the guy he's got to catch. But Tony Snell only shoots half as many uh, right, shots as he count. does, and and just bare, a little more than half as many three pointers. Uh, you know, Joe is out there; he's firing away. That's like a batting average. You got to have a minimum number of plate appearances. Yep. So. And Tony, Tony's got him, but Joe's off the charts. I mean, Joe's shooting five and a half threes a game. Tony Snell's shooting two point seven. So. But Tony Snell's shooting almost 57% from threes at 56.8. So that's a huge number. Joe's second in the league right now. And this month, he's shooting in the mid-60s. So Mid-60s? <laughs> and this is March 24th. Yes. Yes. Mid-60s. Oh, my goodness. He was, that's he was, unbelievable. It, he was 5 of 6 against Chicago from three in the win. He was 5 of 6 against Toronto. And he was 8 of 10 against the Wizards. So the last three games, that's 18 of 22. That's just absolutely insane. It is. It is. It's awesome. It's just awesome. It's shocking. Those are shocking numbers. And uh, you're not the only one who's getting crushed, though, because he got asked in a postgame, and I can't remember who did it, uh, but somebody asked him about that stretch, and he said, well, now that you brought it up, I I won't do it, so thanks for that. (laughs) So he played the Jinx Superstition card as well. 18 of 22, if he ever does that again, I'd be even more stunned. Yeah, right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We got more of you weighing in, more to get to, and we will do it next. The Utes are coming up at 8 o'clock. Sharif Shah, Utah assistant coach, defensive backs. We'll hear from him at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right? <laughs> no. Hans. You'd like me to call you Pants. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God. Stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you handsome. Is that right? (laughs) That's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. All right, PK, we got more people uh, weighing in on Joe Ingles and why he is just out of his mind. 18 of 22 from the three-point line in the last three games. Now 50% for the season, which is a career best. Uh, <laughs> Jeff just gives it the old, ah, ball went in the hoop. No. Jim Boylan no. never grows old. Brian says not only is he making threes at an incredible rate, he's making everyone around him better too. Can you see... M, can you say pay, mate? He spells it out. Well done. Benjamin says, ever since he was Grand Marshal for the Alsco Uniforms 300 in Vegas, he's been on fire. Is that what it was? He started a NASCAR race. Okay. That changed everything. 
Okay. <laughs> David said, there's some confidence there for sure. He should share some with Bojan because he's got none right now. So Joe's got all of Bojan's mojo. I hadn't thought yeah, about it that way. Yeah. And Dallin says, one Vegemite sandwich a day keeps the poor three-point shooting away. Vegemite's nasty. I mean, to shoot 50% in the NBA from the three-point line, I would probably eat a Vegemite sandwich, but that might be the only reason I ate that stuff. So you can get stuff. paid $60 million for a contract? Yes, I would do it. Too. I would do it, but, but that's what it's going to take. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. Sharif Shah is next, Utah defensive backs coach. Stay with us.